back, everyone, to week two of Raked, the Random Idea Generator cast. I am Nick McGill. I'm Matt McGill. And I'm Brandon McGill. And as your hosts of Rigged, we are here to do the second week of our story arc, and that is world building. If you uh, tuned in last week, you will have heard that we rolled out three separate randomly generated characters, and this month we're doing something a little different. We're spicing things up. Instead of rolling these characters with the idea of being completely detached from these characters, seeing them from a third-person point of view, we each rolled up our own characters that we will be controlling once we hit the story arc. I will go into that a little bit more after we roll out our our world-building details. But for now, why don't we do a recap of those three characters that we did roll out last week? Matt, why don't you start? Sure. Who did you roll? I rolled up Diana Wiggins, the female storm sorcerer Furbolg. She's a geriatric woman of the uh, lawful neutral alignment. And we determined that she was a retired clan crafter who carries around a shard of obsidian that has an innate warmth to it. All right. And I rolled out Ira Logan. He is a ghostwise halfling an Oath of Devotion paladin, and an acolyte of the... Oh, gosh, do you remember the, the goddess's name, Matt? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's an, an acolyte of the the halfling goddess of family and hearth and home and devotion and stuff like that. And uh, he is an adolescent. He's chaotic good. And his trinket is an alabaster mask, which I determined is the mask that is worn by the paladins of this family who act as guards. I basically see these this giant family of halflings as like a prairie dog colony, essentially. And when he goes out on his guard duty, he he wears this mask. Thank you, Matt. They are the goddesses Yandala. So he is an acolyte and a devoted paladin of Yandala. So he he wears this mask. All the other people who who guard wear this mask at that time so they can remain anonymous and always be devoted to the greater good of the family and protecting the whole as opposed to individual people. Uh, And that's it for Ira Logan. Brando, who did you roll up? So I rolled Caitlin Noble, who is a female bard of the College of Valor with an instrument of choice of a triangle. She's an adult, aligned lawful neutral. Her background or... Profession? Thank you. Profession is the word I was looking for. Is anthropologist. And she carries with her a black pirate flag adorned with a dragon's skull and crossbones. Did you say she was a bugbear? Did you say that part? I did. I did. I thought I did. Okay. And you said you said instrument of choice. Is the triangle her instrument of choice? Can you confidently say that? I feel like it is because she's okay. tried she's tried others and they just it's not working out. So, but it's her default it's her choice by default essentially. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean her hands are way too big to play like a mandolin or something or a flute for that matter. 
she's crushed many flutes in her day. What if it's something like she doesn't want the the instrument to take away from the story, so she takes Ooh. the most unassuming instrument that she can? There you go. Yeah. That that's I, I like it. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a recap. That's a good recap of last week of our three characters that we rolled out. We're not going to be rolling a relationship role. We're not going to determine the relationship that the party has because we have going into this kind of twisted up way to tell this story. We've determined that they're all strangers unknowingly competing for the same goal, essentially. So that's what we're going to determine today in the world building. We're going to determine the environment of where this is happening. We're going to determine the conflict of what is driving them to do whatever it is that they're doing, and then determining what that is, that MacGuffin, that goal that they're all reaching for independently and eventually coming into conflict with one another, potentially. Environment, Conflict, and MacGuffin. Brando, what do you want to roll? Oh, goodness. Uh, I'll do the, uh, I'll do the conflict. Okay. So what is driving our three characters here? We have a three, which is gladiatorial arena. (laughs) Huh. Wow, that. Okay. That simplifies things. Yeah, but it complicates them at the same time. I did not see that one coming. I forgot that was even on there. Yeah. I did not, in all of my <laughs> covering all of the different possibilities, the fact that they're they're just going in and fighting one another for whatever reason, and that's not necessarily the case. They might not be fighting yeah. one another. Um, it's just taking place. Exactly. It's it's like saying it's like saying it's it's taking place at Shea Stadium. They're not playing the game. Or they don't have to be playing the game, oh, you know. It's true, they don't have to yeah, be one the could be playing the game. Yeah, like Ira could be playing the game, Diana could be selling hot dogs. And mine is the commentator. C- Caitlin's commentating <laughs> or, or writing up a newspaper article. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. She's Marv Albert. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, environment or MacGuffin? Oh, I'll take the environment. Let's see where okay. this, this arena is. Volcano. A three. It's an underwater. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Of course. This is sounding better and better. Okay, so that leaves the MacGuffin. It's getting weird. D10. MacGuffin for our underwater gladiatorial arena. <laughs> a one. Okay, so the amulet of. And then we got to find out what the adjective is. Please be electricity for an underwater. <laughs> so a D12 to determine our random adjective. That is a three. Insanity. 
The Amulet of Insanity. Man. Huh. Okay. So, Underwater Gladiatorial Arena, Amulet of Insanity. Starting thoughts? Anybody have anything off right off the top of your head? What do you think? Uh, is the arena underwater? Have we determined that that is actually the, the case? And if so, how are we breathing? I see it kind of like... Kind of like the Gungan City where like you have to get through underwater, but then it's like in a bubble. Okay, gotcha. So like Atlantis, basically, in the Marvel comics. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking, too, but... Or, I mean, would you prefer, like, a completely underwater? So so it would be more more Namor than Atlantis? Oh, wait, no, he's a, he's underwater. So he's Atlantis. He's Atlantis, So it would be yeah. more Aquaman than Namor, right? Because he's always uh, underwater. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a bubble or anything. I believe so. I'm not a, up on Aquaman as much. Then how do you justify... Their ability to be underwater and breathe underwater. Well, that we can, just individual. Yeah, that we can finagle for whatever reason. Yeah, that's fair. Or we're all dead, and it's the shortest podcast. That's ever. right. Yeah, drowned. How long can your character hold their breath? Roll a d six. All right, tune in next month, folks. Um, <laughs> d six minus seven. And... I, no, I think I like the the Atlantis Namor. You know. Just kind of the um, dome right. or whatever it is that they have. Yeah. Like an underwater aquarium. Yeah. Basic? Yeah. You watch the yeah. fish swim over Yeah, you. get distracted and then speared with a trident. <laughs> okay. So I guess the, the question is not only how did we wind up at the arena, but how did we wind up underwater and at the arena? Well, yeah, why would we be there... Well, we we're there for the amulet. So let's start there. Let's work our way down. What is the amulet yep. of insanity? Uh we don't even have to define the characteristics of what it would impart if we don't want to. But more more specifically, is it does one of the gladiators use it? Is it the prize for the the arena fight? Is it something that the the rich person's wife is wearing as jewelry, something like that? Maybe we it could uh, it could be something to sort of it, it could it could be something that is used uh, in a very negative way, and we are either tasked or so choose to uh, apprehend it to to. Not we. Your reason is going to be different from my reason is going to be different from Matt's reason. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my character maybe is honestly just there to uh, to to research it. But we need to determine what it is first before you can what say yeah. that you're researching it or... I feel like maybe that's, in my eyes, that kind of like... The amulet of insanity, uh, when used in the wrong hands, can cause widespread panic and widespread well, insanity, uh, and and just completely throws the balance of things off, and 
maybe someone is again one of the, one of the two or you is trying to get this so that that doesn't happen. Maybe it's in the wrong hands now. It's that's that's kind of what comes to my mind when when you call it an amulet of insanity, just something that sparks terror and absolute chaos. But who has you know, it in, in weak minds? Uh, maybe this is a, well. I mean, it's a gladiator. Gladiator. Well, it's an arena where the gladiators fight. <laughs> I'm trip, tripping on my words right now. So whoever oversees this, you know, whatever emperor, king, what have you, is is an evil one. And maybe the characters, whoever, whichever of the characters, whether it be all of them, one of them, two of them, whatever is using this big monument of games, these gladiator games that are being put on as a cover, as something, you know, as a distraction to try to obtain this amulet. So is it the prize? It's... I don't think so. I think it's it's a personal possession. Okay. So someone someone is trying to get it from someone else. If it's as powerful as Brando says it is and alludes to it being, it wouldn't be given away as a prize. It would be the emperor. It's something the emperor owns, right? Brando? Right. That's what I was thinking. The the whoever, whichever of the three, if again, if not all, are trying to infiltrate this area as basic commoners or spectators to steal this so that they can restore balance. Uh, it, it's not has nothing to do with the games whatsoever. It's some. It's in the possession of the emperor. The games are, are tangential, right? The, the games—they're there. Yeah, it's purely coincidental that these are happening right now, and they just happen to time. There, they all had the same idea to time this. I don't want to say attack, but you know, infiltration. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. To time the infiltration to get this, because we all know that the emperor is going to be there at this time. Yes. Yep. Now the question is: Does the emperor have it on him, or is it? stowed away somewhere else. I think that that becomes kind of an unknown in the story that kind of helps to flesh it out. As, well, as, wh- as why would on. we all go there if we didn't know he was bringing it with him? All right, fair enough. Yeah, because if, ha- if it has to be at the games, then yeah, that makes sense. Okay. The other thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be at the games. It We don't have to go after the Emperor. I mean, in ancient Rome, the Colosseum was... I can't imagine it was that far from where the Emperor lived, right? But this is underwater, you goon. Right, it could be an underwater kingdom. I mean, what are, what are we thinking of? Okay, I, I think what you're thinking, Brando, is that it's all under one big dome, and what Nick's thinking is that each individual area is under a dome. Okay, see, my my thoughts were that it was an underwater city. No, I'm thinking that it's literally... It's literally just the arena that's underwater. Oh, it's basically okay. it's um what is it? International waters. You know? <laughs> oh, so anything yeah, goes. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm thinking. Okay. Okay, see that's not I, where I like that's that. not where I okay. went with it. Okay, good. Okay. That works. So the king the king or the emperor or whatever is not a whoever's putting on the games is not an underwater dweller himself. No, he's just he's like a slum lord. He's a he's a mob boss or something that Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That he and the 
he has the ear of the emperor. The emperor loves these games, but can't have them on his own mm-hmm. land for for faux diplomatic reasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he likes to come watch the games. Okay. And he's got this new piece of jewelry that he he's always seen wearing. I was going to say, even even still, it could be common knowledge that he's always wearing it, or even further that it has to be worn to incite this, you know, madness. But is he he's not actively inciting the madness, is he? You know, it's more safety. It's more an insurance policy, okay. I think. All right. You know, maybe he's he's a tyrant. He's a um a despot. And we'll do anything but to maybe stay. there is a little bit of insanity within the games themselves where I mean just from watching people kill one another, yeah, they're you, you know you've seen the obviously fictional representations, but in the gladiatorial pits, they go bananas when these guys are stabbing each other. Well, sure, you got to go berserker if you're gonna stay alive. That amps it up a little bit more having that amulet in in its presence, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely, I think. And the wearer, it probably bleeds into the wearer, too. It slowly erodes his mind. Yeah, I'm getting a a very Nero feel. Yeah. Or Caligula. Well, it's it's Namor without water. He he goes bananas. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This podcast brought to you by Marvel. Oh, my God. If we had Marvel money. Not for long. If we had Marvel money. Oh, rolling. I think you mean Disney. Ah, the mouse. Yeah, you're getting a Disney letter-headed letter. Very soon. I will frame it and post it on the website and say it's been a good run, guys, but sorry. Cease and yeah. desist. <laughs> oh, I think we can I think we can say Namor and, and not get in trouble. So the Emperor who's coming to the games is wearing the amulet. Yep. Matt. Yes. What does Diana want with the amulet? Whether she wants to take it or or see it destroyed or what? How does that work for her? The amulet of insanity is the one piece of craft, of jewelry, of whatever, that got her, that created the schism between her and her dwarven benefactors, however you want to put it. Yeah, Adopted family, essentially. Adopted family, yeah. That is what drove her out from under the mountain. Wow. And she's looking to get it back. And she's been looking forever almost. I mean it So she created She it. created wow. the amulet and she it's not even like a, a throw it in Mount Doom thing. She doesn't wanna Holy cow. She's not necessarily looking to destroy it just to save the world type thing, but she she feels responsible and she is hoping that it puts her back in the good graces of her dwarven family. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. And her cover for this whole thing as a geriatric is she is the uh, greeter at the game. Okay, I like that. <laughs> that's um, she wears a blue vest. That you you just made it like instantly as personal as it can be. Yeah, this yeah this is her fault. Because yeah, not only not only did it get her kicked out, but she created this thing. Yeah, and is therefore ultimately responsible for what the emperor does with it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She crafted the actual MacGuffin. She made our MacGuffin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Brando. Yes. What does Caitlin 
have to do with the amulet? I honestly feel that she is kind of an incidental character in this. She goes where the story is, and she's she's heard of these big events that happen here. It was something that she wanted to gather a story on, and she also heard whisperings of the amulet, and she's heard things about the amulet. You know, it's it's lore. So she kind of felt, hey, this is kind of a you know uh, two birds with one stone situation. I can I can basically gather a great story to tell about these arena fights and maybe gain a little bit of intel on this uh this magnificent amulet that has caused so much emotion you know throughout all of the lands so if there's gonna be a scoop she's gonna be there to get it yeah i mean she's there to get it she's there to get the story she is the nightcrawler of uh of this world i don't know if you saw that movie i was thinking of the marvel nightcrawler no, not that one. <laughs> Since we've been going with Marvel. No, the, put it together. the Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler. They already sent out the first letter. You'll yeah, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Same thing, just the word Nightcrawler written in instead of uh, Namor. Yes. So I think maybe, maybe there's been more and more civil unrest, and there's been more and more talks among the rabble that he's been threatening to use this. So that's yeah. even more reason for you to be there because yeah. it's his finger is closer to the button, essentially. Yeah, because she knows that something's about to happen or pretty darn close and she wants to be there. Yeah, she's. it's not necessarily just whispers. It's like, oh, this, did you hear what he just did? Did you hear who he just sent away to the gulag? Yeah. Do you, like, his actions as his mind erodes is because... It's becoming more unpredictable and just insane. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Period. Exactly. This is going to happen. Yeah. And she knows that it's pretty close to that point simply because she's a bard and she's traveled all over and she's lawful neutral. So she just, she befriends everybody. And she hears everything. Yeah. She's got her connections. Yeah. And so she's never going to get the story in a malicious way but she's gonna kind of you know friendly in a friendly manner weasel her way into learning it's absolutely everything she's gonna put herself where the story yeah. is yeah and she probably has i think there's a background or something with the bard where you can perform it's a i think it's a profession i don't remember what it is where you can perform and basically stay in an inn for free if you perform X number of nights. Mm-hmm. You're the house band. Yeah, in the actual game, there that it has that option. So I imagine she probably yeah. does this as she travels. Yeah. So she spends a lot of time in inns, and a lot of time in inns has drunk people at night who have mm-hmm. who who talk. Yeah. yeah. Whether she just overhears it or all it takes is an extra tankard and she gets the scoop. Yeah, the the cla- her class alone makes her a nomad, and she has no home. So mm-hmm. you know, when she needs to stay somewhere, she needs to trade the goods that she can offer for exactly. that service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Diana has a similar thing where she has been kind of tracking this amulet, but 
she has also heard that the finger is is closer to the trigger and her sense of duty or her sense of responsibility has drawn her here because she knows that it's, again, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. They travel in different circles, so they probably heard it from different people and heard different information from different people. But at this point, it's so blatant and evident that it's not difficult to find out that it's going to be here. And that the the S is hitting the F. Mm -hmm. My mind was going to maybe we could do, just as a a backstory, sort of an incidental, maybe Diana actually learned of the, so maybe the, the, the relevance of the amulet kind of fell off for a little while. But it sort of sparked Diana's interest one night when she was at a pub that, Caitlin just happened to be singing about the amulet at and kind of kicked the story into gear. I mean, it's not, you know, not anything detrimental to the story, but kind of a something you could add on. Come on in. Well, yeah, she didn't know what that it was in, that anyone had it in their possession, really. She just thought it was, honestly, she probably, when she created it and she had this fallout with the dwarf, she left yeah. it behind. Mm. And somehow it got to this guy, and she heard that because she's retired, she's just out wandering, she has no real purpose at this point, and then heard it through one of Caitlin's stories. It would be one of those like very early in the movie scenes where there, there are two ships passing in the night, and they they were in the same room. Oh, yeah. And just didn't think anything of it either way. Yep. Maybe Diana's shard of obsidian is was taken from the same piece that the amulet was crafted from. So maybe she carries and the closer that she with gets her. to it, the warmer it gets. Yeah, maybe maybe it's sort of a, yeah, a tracking it's a beacon method. Hmm. Yep, I like that. Maybe it's not something that she realizes right away, but as yeah, as she does get closer to it, she feels whether it's on a, a necklace or just hanging from her hip or something, she feels that fire or that Mm -hmm. heat just kind of grow hotter. Or it could go the opposite. Like maybe it's warm and then all of a sudden she feels it go cold. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Because it is Mm -hmm. an amulet of insanity, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a positive thing. Yeah. Maybe in completing that shard, it activates it or something. To to tap another uh, franchise again, it's her sting. Yeah, it just kind of has a it. Anytime there's a yeah. an orc around, but when she, you know, her, yeah. her orc is the amulet. When she gets closer to the amulet, she it she's yep, exactly. made aware. Oh, I thought you were saying Sting was like a piece of some greater no 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 thing no no, no, no. Oh, okay now it makes sense no, no just, just Bilbo beacon. and Frodo yeah. the the warning the warning yeah. essentially yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah right. that's all okay yeah that makes sense okay. So, all right, Nick, what is Ira doing underwater? I that's a good question. Maybe he is in the direct footprint, maybe his burrow, his family is in the direct footprint of this emperor. And in essentially the direct line of fire of this emperor. And the emperor pushes that big red button and goes bananas. His burrow is going to be at ground zero. 
So in the ultimate protection of of the family, in the ultimate respect and worship of Yandala, he is going on a solo mission to get the amulet, assassinate the emperor, do what he can to protect the family. The emperor is less protected because he's at the games than is he would be if he was in his castle. Or exactly, or exactly. He's on the road. Not only is he visiting another town or something, but he's in like this kind of black market limbo area. He's also going a little barmy, so his he 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 doesn't require he he sends away his guards or he kills his guards or something. So his his protection retinue is getting smaller and smaller. Yep. So it's it's this kind of this. This very small window of being in a very vulnerable position, being poorly guarded, but right before he actually does anything hugely detrimental and irreversible. Okay. That is certainly an action that is validated by a, uh, you know, foolishly noble, chaotic, good adolescent, you know, like a teenager, like I'm you know, gung-ho, I'm going to get him, I'm going to do this. Yeah, and, and this he was not sent by the family. He was not sent by the, yeah. the, the other paladins, yeah. like he's taking this upon himself. Yeah. He took sick leave and, and went out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they have really good health care in the borough, so um, it was hard to convince them. But... <laughs> it's quite the family plan. But also he, there is a little something in the anonymity of the the alabaster mask that technically no one will know if he's not at his post, you know, true. a guard will be missing, but they don't know who it is. And along with that mask, you know, maybe close to home, it's well known what that mask, you know, who wears that mask specifically, but, but where, where he is now, I mean, he's just another, you know, he's just another guy down there gambling on on the games. Oh yeah, this is very this is very uh, most Eisley to me. The feeling yeah. is it's just every every scrap of race that that scum they, and villainy. Yep. Yeah, they come out of the woodworks. Yeah. Now, character question, Nick: Does he wear still wear the mask even though he's not on duty and he's not away? Yeah, I think just so. just for anonymity's sake. I think so. Okay, right anonymity and intimidation and he finds comfort in that he feels his ultimate connection to yandala is in fully representing Mm -hmm. her in that way that's his identity it's what he knows yeah yeah exactly his identity is no identity his exactly his his completely anonymous identity of 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 being just one of them but being picked up and and dropped in in this specific situation this underwater arena he actually sticks out more than he blends in yeah whether he intends to do that or not is yet to be determined but i think it's i think a lot of it is that kind of comfort security blanket thing because he's young and he's never been here he's probably never really left mm-hmm. the borough yeah uh, what do we want to call this underwater arena? Just like a fun city, wacky name, you know, fantasy name. 
Should I pull up the random name generator? Yeah. It might it might get it done faster. <laughs> All right. So who runs it? Let's determine the race who runs oh. it. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Now the emperor is not part of the race that runs it. He's just a big fan, and he's going to be there, right? That's what we yeah. determined. Yeah, and the the emperor and the dude who runs it, the crime lord who runs it, they're they're pretty buddy buddy. Oh yeah. I feel like the one that runs it either has to be a turtle or a triton. Ooh, I, I definitely don't think it would be a turtle. No, you don't I'm think it'd be like a. What I know about turtles. Okay, okay. They're they're really pretty. Usually pretty chill. Yeah. Okay. A triton. A triton is cool. I like that. Maybe even a lizard folk. I could see. Well, yeah, we could go towards not necessarily an underwater esque being. It could be something that it yeah. could be just some kind of a slippery, slimy kind of guy that was exiled. I also see a mind flayer being like a mob boss. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's when I ran the game for Ray, she had to deal with a mind flayer mob boss. So, so what do we, we got a, a lizard folk, Triton or mind flayer, or you know what? Let's do turtle two. Brandon, roll a D4. Lizard folk one, Triton two, turtle three and mind flayer four or hag. We could also throw hag in there. Okay. Pretty we'll, cool. we'll grab one more and we'll do a D6. What about a tiefling? Tiefling? Okay. Yeah, I could see a tiefling being that kind of slimy. So hag will be five, tiefling will be six. Okay, you have those in your mind, right? Because I've already forgotten them. Yep. Okay. Yep. We have a three. Turtle. Your, <laughs> your original. There it is. I think, you know, I just think of a little, little Danny DeVito looking turtle character that's just a horrible, horrible human being. Kind of like... Not, um, not human being. A mixture of, to I apologize to go back to Star Wars Episode One again. I know who you're thinking of. A mixture of Boss Nass yep. and Watu, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> All right, so I've got ten. Matt, give me a D10. Give me two D10s. Two threes. Two threes. So, Gick Azot. Oh, I love it. Gik Azat is the total warlord. Okay. That makes sense. Or not warlord. I guess mob boss or something, you know? Crime lord. I think he's Crime just lord. one of those slimy guys. He's not even a lord. Like he just he's he's kind of one of those snitch type guys that he's He just maybe he just has the arena. Maybe he just owns that spot. It could be yeah. too. Yeah. Could be too, yeah. It's pretty safe. Like he 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 doesn't run a whole. It's just it's just a twisted, illegal organization. That's all. Yeah, yeah. it's running a riverboat casino basically. It doesn't have any any branch out. It doesn't have any feet anywhere else. But this place is this like completely yep. defensible pocket. Yeah, yeah. And somehow he's been able to, despite any attacks or anything like that, he's been able yeah. to keep this. Yeah. And he's a turtle, so he's probably like. 400 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's kept this forever. He's a creepy old, creepy 400 years old. Oh, yeah, just, crusty. Oh, yeah. You know, got a comb got over. barnacles and... <laughs> <laughs> barnacles on his head. He's a mouth breather, and he's got a cigar dangling oh, out, of, out of his he's mouth. He's got that little white spittle on the corner of his mouth. <laughs> oh, Do you know who Neil Hamburger is? No. 
No. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a character stand-up comedian. Look up Neil Hamburger. That's when you said comb over, that's what I thought of. <laughs> I was thinking our one of our old high school teachers. Or the uh the chair of the drama department at Hofstra had a, a just a pretty comb over. It was just okay, beautiful. I can see that. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, and with the glasses <laughs> and the gross hair. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. He looks like a turtle. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So Gick Azot. Gick's joint, Gick's Gix Island. Gix Gladiators. Um, As it stand. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> Gix Games. Gix Games. There it is. So the Emperor is visiting Gix Games. You know he's he's got a neon sign that flashes too, and it's you know <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. And it's all it's all just like bioluminescent algae yes. or something. <laughs> okay. I think that's good, right? Do did we miss anything? Is there anything else we want to? Do we want to name the the emperor? Oh sure, yeah. Let's do another um, race then, right? Something that's not necessarily outwardly uh, terrifying. Oh, I was going to suggest a beholder. Oh, see, I was thinking the descent into insanity was what would terrify. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beholders are just kind of naturally crazy and loners. Let's do, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Matt, roll a D10, and we'll determine which column we're going to pull from. Gotcha. Uh, Five. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Brandon, roll a D4. Okay. Uh, Four. Shifter, which is a fourth edition race. Okay. So now let's do D4 for male or female. Okay. Four, female. Female, all right. So a female shifter. It's an empress. Matt, give me a D10 for the name. They're all nature names. Uh, Ten. Ten. Aurora. Emperor Aurora? Empress Aurora? Okay. Am I correct in that shifter is just kind of a shapeshiftery race? Kind of, yeah. What is the best way to explain the shifter? So as she goes crazier, her hold on her form... You could kind of uh, liken them to Sabretooth? Kind of, yeah. Yep. They have somewhat of a animalistic features, but very humanoid. Mm-hmm. And the crazier, feral. and the crazier she gets, the more the more feral mm-hmm. and she, animalistic she, she'll she eventually gets. come down with mange. Yeah, just always scratching. <laughs> so there are two types of shifters: long tooth and razor claw. Long tooths are suited prim- for primary combat. Whereas razor claws are more uh, stealthy. Oh, you want me to roll it? No, I don't think we need to get that crazy. I think it's a little basically feel annoyed or yeah. or or candid. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe it would go better if she were. Um, I just drew a blank. What was the second? Candid dog, dog like. No, 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 no. Of of the two. Um, Razor claw. I think that it would go better 
as a razor claw, maybe as the 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 stealthier. Just yeah, yeah sort of you know yeah. uh, working her way to the to the seat of the empress. Okay, yeah, and we don't even know how she got there. Yep. We don't know how long she's been there. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of a lot that we could really build out for her. But I think that happens Absolutely. often is is we we build up the enemy and then wanna we build up the enemy just enough that we know how the story needs to go, but we want to know more. Right. Yep. Which who knows? Maybe we'll do a um we'll do a speed run at some point where we address that. You know, where we where we set ourselves up to have we we are going to tell the story of when Empress Aurora became the Empress. So we basically give ourselves a MacGuffin. Yeah. And a co- no, it could be just the MacGuffin, and then we can build everything else around that. That that could yeah. be cool. Yeah. These sp- yeah. speed runs could turn into prequels. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Go back and revisit some of the 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 greater stories that we've told. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, I think I think that's good, right? Anything else from anyone? I don't think so. Nick with the with Ira, what is he he's obviously going I know his purpose, but is he just kind of blending in as a spectator of the games or Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that probably he probably will blend in fairly easily. I imagine there are a lot of people with like hoods pulled up close yeah. covering their faces so it so i don't think the mask will really be all that detrimental he's probably kind of shy and scared so he'll be kind of quiet and the probably the best the best tactic for him would be to try to get to kind of weasel his way up into the emperor's box or or whatever to yeah basically kind of pick up the information along the way and get him up there you know Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine that's the same thing for for Diana, right? Yeah, she's just going to start down on the ground level and then, you know, at all nonchalant she's there, she'll, you know, greet people as they come in, take some tickets oh, or right. something, and then she'll work her way up as, as it starts to get crazier. Obviously, you know, she's going to wait until the middle of the games or whatever until she's sure that the empress is in her seat. Mm-hmm. And it's it's her blending in as as staff. Yes. Is a different te- is technically a different tactic and probably a better one than just some some rando showing up at the the box. True. I mean there are there are definitely ways to go around it and I'm sure we'll see some of those mm-hmm. next week and the the following week obviously. But yeah, it's we're all starting in different spots, and we're going to converge on this crazy cat-like empress. Yeah, see, see how we get there. And uh, was that a um, a never-ending story reference? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> inadvertently. Well, yeah, we'll see how each of our paths, how they will intertwine on their way to that one ultimate goal. Brandon, do you reckon that Caitlin would be wanting to go to the box or could she just really do her job for the farm? I think that given the background that we've sort of fleshed out on her, she'd want to go right to it. I mean, 
She's got to be in the thick of it, yeah. Every story that she collects, she wants as much of an eyewitness account as she can possibly get, it being her own. Now, is is she an attractive bugbear? Like, if he has bugbear security, can she can she can she bugs bunny her her way into it? I think that she carries with her a bit of feminine wiles if if she needs to uh, pull that card in a bag made out of a sheep's stomach. Yeah. Well, Haggis was. Hey, look at my feminine wiles. (laughs) And it's just that, it's that Ren and Stimpy, you open it and it's the scream. (laughs) Feminine wiles were also called Haggis back then, but you know. That's right. I mean, for, depending on, on who, even, even right now you could, you could do that to a Scott and, and they'd be, they would accept your feminine wiles. Sounds about right. Um, (laughs) I would like to try Haggis one day. I wouldn't. I had I had brain tacos the other day a while ago. I had brain um brain of what? Tongue and tripe beef. I don't and the tripe was good. The tongue was a lot more tender than I expected it to be and the brain was just yeah, didn't do it, do it for me. But I will never I I'll always want to try it. <laughs> I won't. I don't acknowledge that I'll like. Of it. all that, the brain, the brain just didn't do it for me. The brain, yeah. yeah. That was my motto in college too. I'll always want to try it. Can't <laughs> promise that I'll like. I it. thought your motto was the brain doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> if I were just a drama major, yes, but I I did dual major in English and I got a minor in Latin, oh, which I got pity passed on. So, okay, I think that. Wraps up this, yes. this what, week. Uh, remind me, out of curiosity, what, what was the name of our empress again? Aurora. Empress Aurora. Aurora. Yeah, yeah. That is it for World Building. Come on back next week for the start of our storytelling. And we're not going to reveal how we're going to do this storytelling until next week. But it's going to be definitely different than what we're used to. And it's going to be fun. I think I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this kind of this change that we're introducing here as an option. And eventually, if we offer enough options, then that can be a role too. You know, this month we're going to do this kind of storytelling or this kind of storytelling. So we can go from there. Again, that's it for world building. Next week is storytelling. Don't forget to check the podcast notes or head on over to fecklessmomes.com where you can find our other podcast, all of our old podcasts, and all of the art that Matt has created for all of our story arcs, including one for each of the three characters and then one special scene piece of art that he does as well for the final week. Please rate us, review us, and subscribe to us. Do the thing that every podcast asks you to do. The more you do it, the more we are found and the more we're listened to. And we appreciate that. We genuinely do. And the more you know. And the more you know. Until next week. You just got a letter from Ed. Oh, man. Which is also Disney, isn't it? No, no ABC. ABC. Oh. <laughs> we, we're an equal opportunity uh Rage benefactor, yes. Offender. (laughs) Uh, Until next week, I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Brandon. We are the Brothers McGill, and this is Rigged, the Random Idea Generator Cast.
Rigged is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network.